Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something to Welcome back to another edition of Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, John, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Rob. Podcast is... John and Rob. <laughs> there you go, changing it up finally. You know, and I think uh, I think next week we're gonna have to start breaking out the nicknames. Yeah, have you already uh, started to catalog which ones you want to be called first? Get you know, excited about it. Over my history of watching wrestling and watching wrestling with other people, I've amassed quite a few nicknames, especially some that I picked up while playing hockey. And I think it's about time to introduce the, uh, like the listeners to it. Did you get called Speedy in hockey? No, you know, that's the one thing that... Uh, <laughs> the only time I've ever been called Speedy is a situation that I won't bring up on this podcast or anywhere else in public. Ah, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. All right, that's well... That's about all it took. Yeah, a couple of nudges. Uh, well, we've got the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view coming up. It's going to be the last one that is available via pay-per-view only. As the WWE Network is starting the next day. And we can all uh, sign up for yet another subscription in our lives and get every pay-per-view for uh, $10 a month. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to the NXT. I'm looking forward to uh, all the old pay-per-views. I know you were, uh, you were going through all the all the uh, shows during the Attitude Era. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back probably to WrestleMania one. You know, and, and there's some I think there's some misconceptions that I I think have finally been cleared up a little bit. But uh, I think a lot of people initially thought that just WWE was just gonna like throw their entire library of Raws and and like Nitros and everything up there all at once. But I don't think it's really gonna work that way. I th- they might have some select available off the bat, but really it's just the pay per views they're putting up initially. Yeah, I was a little disappointed to hear that. Um, they definitely cleared up. I, I had some misconceptions about it. I talked to you a little bit about that today. Um, but one of the things that I definitely knew was that from day one, they were going to have all of the uh, WWF pay-per-views, all the WCW pay-per-views. Including ones like Over the Edge and stuff like that that they thought they were going to cut out. Yeah, and uh, big news for me personally is that Chris Benoit is not going to be edited out. Right. And they're just going to have a disclaimer that uh, these people are fictional, and they're not really the people that they uh, they're, they're characters. I think I even read they're going to have a uh, parental control function on it, so you can uh, start showing your boy some stuff. Oh, nice, nice. I've been looking forward to that uh, Saturday morning slam show. I want to catch that where apparently they don't hit people in the head. They don't have. Uh, Hot women doing crazy things. Yeah. Yeah, well, they don't have that on Raw anymore either, unfortunately, for me. Uh, all right, so 
let's get into the pay-per-view. We've got a pretty decent card. We talked last week about uh, whether or not it was the, the card as it stood at that point was good enough for us to order, and then we we uh, conjectured that they might add uh, the two matches that they ended up adding, which was what Titus O'Neil versus Darren Young and the Outlaws versus the Usos. Were those the two? Yep, yep. Those are the two that we hit hammer on the head of the nail. They also added a uh, pre-show match that we didn't predict, but I'm not sure how many people care about that match. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah we, to we the point the... where when I was trying to write down the match card, I could not remember who one of the opponents was. Yeah, and, and actually when you told me that you couldn't remember who the uh, the Broads were facing, I couldn't think either. Yeah, yeah. How, the, how far they've fallen. You know, Ryback was main eventing pay-per-views. Uh, Curtis Axel was hanging out with Paul Heyman with a strap around his waist. And yeah. now they're just old news. We can't even remember that they're having a match. Yeah, I, I don't know whose Cheerios they pissed in, but uh, they did a good job of finding their way, you know, to the to the basement of the tag division, which is saying something. <laughs> yeah. All right, and let's see what else we got. Uh, the, those three matches that we just talked about, we also got Batista Del Rio. I'd be interested to see where they place that on the card. Uh, Big E versus Jack Swagger for the IC title. The blood feud between the Wyatts and the Shield, which I think everybody is really looking forward to. And then we have the chamber match with uh, Orton, Cena, Sheamus, Brian, Christian, and Cesaro. Cesaro. He's, as we mentioned last week, no longer Antonio Cesaro. He's just Cesaro. And yep. I guess there's all this chatter coming out now. You know, who knows if it's just dirt cheap crap that Vince has finally turned the corner on him. Um, he's certainly getting a lot of airtime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, uh, he definitely had an interesting match on, uh, on Raw. He uh, got a good match against Randy Orton a week ago, and he faced Daniel Bryan this week on SmackDown. Yeah, they're putting him in there with the big boys. Uh, let's see if one of these guys that's starting to get a little rub, a little shine, is eventually going to make it into the main event. Right. Uh, and which which could be uh, the signal of a new era, which I think we're going to talk about after the pay-per-view predictions. Uh, you know, a lot of things are happening on Monday. We've already got the announced return of Hulk Hogan. We've got the WWE Network starting, and potentially, you know, we're going to have some more clarity on the Mania card. There could be whole lot of new stuff on the horizon starting on Monday. Yeah, and that, that doesn't even include some of the guys that we've heard might show up on Monday in, in addition to Hogan. So, Yeah, and, uh, and depending on what happens at Chamber, you know, if, if Cesaro or Roman Reigns in particular, those two really have a strong showing, if not win their matches, uh, you know, maybe we're seeing the beginning of one of them ascending to the top, which would certainly be welcome after seeing uh, it bounce around between Orton and Cena, really, over the last six months, it seems. A little bit of Brian, but mostly Orton and Cena. Right, right. So that's definitely something we'll get to as we get to their individual matches and then the yep. other topics. But did you want to dive right into the card? Yeah, let's do it. The pre-show, the Broads, as we mentioned, against Ripe Axel. I think a lot of us were expecting we might see some Cody and... Uh, Gold dust friction by this point, maybe to build them up for for Mania, uh, and I think didn't they have like a little bit of a miscommunication, quote unquote, maybe a few weeks ago? But they haven't really revisited that. 
Yeah, they, they definitely haven't revisited it. There was, uh, there was a little bit in the uh, Royal Rumble match itself. It seems like... Uh, came, I think it was Cody Rhodes who uh, somehow managed to get uh, Goldust partially, partially responsible for Goldust's elimination. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I was a little disappointed that they, uh, they haven't really delved into that too much. But uh, I don't know about you, but I'm predicting uh, I'm predicting it comes into play in this match. Yeah, I mean it would be the logical place to do it. Uh, I'm a little concerned in that it's on the pre-show, so I'm expecting this pre-show of all pre-shows to have very little wrestling uh, because you know they've they've really been using the pre-show as a commercial, and with the network coming the next day, I gotta imagine they're gonna spend a lot of time talking about that during that half hour. So, you know, if you're going to do something storyline-wise, I would hope it would be on the main card or at least in a match that's going to get more than five minutes, you know, something as big as them breaking up. But, yeah, maybe yeah. they'll do it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it seems like some of the things that they've been trying to do when they actually have a match on the pre-show is to have something that they think fans are going to be interested in seeing. You know, they put a couple of title matches on there um, over the past six months. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking this is not just going to be a throwaway match that they're actually going to have something interesting happen. Yeah. And, and, and I hope they do. And, you know, certainly every other match on the card has a story to go with it, which is kind of a new situation for us. Um, I think I read, I read a little bit and actually heard on his podcast, you know, the mass man writes for Grantland talking about how they, kind of did a throwback to uh, 1985, you know, with some of the, uh, the choices they've made creatively recently with having, you know, the brawl at the end of Raw leading into a pay-per-view, the blood feud put on the card with Titus O'Neil and Darren Young. And, yeah, I mean, something like having the Road Scholars get into a tiff and lead to a mini match, it's, it should happen at this pay-per-view. I mean, that's that's the right time to do it, and... You know, if they're choosing the right time to do things with a couple other situations, maybe they'll finally do it with this. Yeah, and I don't know that they necessarily break up on the pre-show like Titus O'Neil and Darren Young did when they first had friction a couple weeks ago, where it was just like friction, match ends, boom, they're done. But I certainly think something big is going to happen on the pre-show that's why I'm predicting uh, Ryback's to win this match, hmm. and there definitely be no question about it. Absolutely, there will be tension between Cody Rhodes and Goldust as they leave the ring, potentially not together. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I think I, I think I agree. I, I really don't have any reason to think the Broads are just gonna get a clean victory, and that'll be all we see. Um, I think it definitely makes more sense to have a swerve with Ryback to win it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that. All right, the next uh, potential or the blood feud, I guess that I was referring to, is Mr. Big Deal Titus O'Neil against Mr. No Days Off Darren Young. And mm-hmm. I noticed uh, there was some Instagram photo that Darren Young put up or Titus O'Neil or something, and Titus kind of had this huge comment on it, like running him down, and then at the very end of it, he said, Mr. Someday's off. 
I, I think he actually player. said on, on commentary one time that uh, based on the amount of championships or matches they won as a team, that uh, Darren Young was more like 720 days off. <laughs> nice. From the, from the amount of time they've been teaming together. So this has got to be a bit of a refresher or a refreshing change in how to handle a tag team breakup for you. I mean, when was the last time they actually did this the right way where a team breaks up and they immediately have a pay-per-view match? I don't know. It, it seems like as of recently, you know, the, the past couple of years, that unless you've had a tag team where two guys were former superstars like Daniel Bryan and Kane or something like that, um, and then they ended up breaking up, you didn't really talk about it much afterwards. I mean, you had you had Brodus Clay and Tensai break up a couple months ago. God, and both of them have been completely off screen. I totally forgot about them. Yeah, and you know they didn't do much of anything, and that I guess that's not surprising because they had that whole Xavier Woods and Brodus Clay feud going on. Mm-hmm. There was no pay-per-view match, and really, they didn't even really have a match between Brodus and Xavier. They they kind of gave it over to uh, Brodus and R-Truth. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if maybe with all the shuffling with Punk, you know, because I, I think they've changed up a bunch of storylines. If maybe guys like that could fall to the wayside, maybe some plans that they had, you know, creative doesn't have any time to figure it out at this point because they're trying to, they're busy with their heads cut off trying to figure this other stuff out, you know. I don't know. I, I think there were a lot of opportunities that they missed or just weren't even looking into way before way before CM Punk was. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I just mean the fact that you know, because like we literally haven't. They were really pushing Xavier Woods and our Truth and all those guys on TV for a while, and now like since Royal Rumble, we just haven't seen them. So I yeah, just wonder, I, I wonder if things really had to change, you know, for everybody. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I would find it a little hard to believe. I'm I'm more inclined to say that they're just uh, not putting as much effort into people halfway down the card as, as they Of course. Can. I mean, it, and that's obvious. There's really no argument about that. But all I'm saying is that I just wonder if there was some plans because just the fact that, I mean, those guys were getting, like, commentary time. You know, like, there was obviously something in store, and then they just stopped doing it right after Rumble, so... Uh, but anyway, all right, let's talk about the match. Titus O'Neil versus Darren Young. Um, let's see, we've either, both of them have kind of gotten over on each other. Titus did the initial breakup, beat him down, and then we saw like a week later Darren Young <laughs> uh, get Titus in a compromising position and rip his pants off <laughs> and wrap him around his neck. Ripped his pants in half. Didn't, didn't just like undress him, like tore it in half as if he... Uh... As if he had uh, a fire in his belly that he wanted to to just get them pants off, and they were split in two. Yeah, they were split in two like Zack Ryder's old uh, <clears throat> ring attire. And we've also seen some good uh, backstage stuff, especially from from Titus. Uh, you know, kind of like taking over the mic from from Renee Young. I don't know what show that was. Uh, well, he so, did it twice. Yeah. So which way do you see this going? Uh, I don't think they've really tipped us off either way as far as like one of them getting all the, the upside and the lead-up. Yeah, I would have to think that there's more in, more in store for Titus O'Neil. If, if, this, if this was happening at SummerSlam, 
I'd probably go in a different direction because, the, you know, there's more time to build up, you know, Titus O'Neil after a loss, you know, to kind of throw Darren Young a bone. But uh, in, in this situation, i got to think with WrestleMania coming right up, they're not going to probably have a rematch. And I don't really see any point for Darren Young to be in any kind of situation at WrestleMania. So I'm going with Titus O'Neil because you got to get him some momentum as he goes into uh, whatever his next storyline is going to be. I think that makes a lot of sense, although I kind of disagree with the, the notion that they wouldn't continue it. Um, so I'm actually leaning towards Darren Young. I feel like I feel like he's not somebody they want to just throw away because, it, you know, if Titus... If Titus just beats him, you know, within three weeks at a pay-per-view of them breaking up, then Darren Young essentially becomes useless. And I'm not sure they want to do that yet. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking he wins, uh, and then we see maybe not a rematch at Mania, but, you know, at least over the next several Raws, something gets uh, settled, and then they finally move on. Right. Although I, I do agree with your perception of Titus that he's he's got more in store than Darren. I could almost see it going the opposite direction where Titus O'Neil gets the uh, the win on the pay-per-view, and then if they do a follow-up in a couple weeks, that's when Darren Young will get the uh, the less flashy win, the less the win that's in less of a spotlight. Yeah, but don't you think Darren Young becomes just kind of you know a joke if 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 he's the one that got dumped and then he gets beat clean in that elimination chamber? I mean how would anyone really take him seriously at that point? Like, why would Titus O'Neil even entertain fighting him again? I, I don't even know that he has to beat him clean. That's the thing. Right. I could see, I could see it being like a, uh, a count-out finish or uh, probably not a disqualification, but, you know, a dusty finish of some sort, you know, some cheating and then, you know, just getting the victory. All right. Okay, so let's move on to another feud that's... Uh, you know, they tried to build up a little bit of heat, but really these are two guys that just aren't moving the meter much for anyone. Uh, Batista and Del Rio. Uh, I guess Del Rio really has been somewhat inactive after he got a concussion a little while ago. He hasn't wrestled too much, um, which I guess made him a perfect target for Batista, so he doesn't have to wrestle. Right. Uh, and then we saw him backstage, I guess, Del Rio would he have his arm in a sling because of being thrown through a table or something? Yeah, time? yeah, no, no real, uh, no real logic to why he had his arm in a sling or. Yeah. So and then uh, Batista just shoves him. I mean, it was like the worst backstage beatdown I've ever seen. Yeah. It's kind of like it was like a bully would shove a you know the nerd in high school uh, and be like, "What are you gonna do about it?" Right. You you certainly don't expect someone of. Uh, of Alberto Del Rio's size and stature to be, you know, treated like, uh, oh, yeah, you can just kind of shove him out of the way and he'll he'll run falling into that shelf or whatever it was. Right, and then you got Triple H with his smirk just standing there. Yeah, oh, because, you know, he's happy that, uh, that they can just treat Alberto Del Rio kind of like crap because he's leaving, you know? I mean, Alberto Del Rio is not going to be around much longer. Now, is that... I didn't know that was a, a rumor or whatever. Yeah, that's the scuttlebutt is that uh, Alberto Del Rio is not looking to resign, not really happy with his position. He's getting older. He's yeah, already he done MMA him. and worked in, in Mexico. 
So can't blame him. I mean, you know, the grueling schedule these guys have, and yeah, like he's getting older, and he's never, he's never going to sniff the WWE title again. And nor nor should he. I think the body of work is out there that when he's in the uh, the main event scene for that champ for either of the championships, he just doesn't move the meter. Did they just think he was going to like be the uh, Hispanic kind of Hulk Hogan or something that like it, it was just going to give them a huge fan base in that uh, demographic or something or what? I mean, I, I guess they thought he might be. The uh, the Mexican Ric Flair, you right? Know? And that uh, the people who were big <clears throat> fans of him or big fans of hating him when he was Dos Caras out of Mexico, that uh, that they would you know tune in to to see him get beat or to hmm. chant C C C All right, so we're gonna have Batista in a match. Really, I guess this, I don't think he's wrestled at all since Royal Rumble, right? He's come out in his his outfit, but he hasn't actually had a match. Yeah, I can't I can't think of any actual matches he's had. Yeah, for, so for me the uh, the more the more interesting thing to bet on in this one would be a prop bet as to how long it's going to last. Yeah, really. I mean, how much are they going to work Batista? It's pretty much going to be a squash, don't you think? Oh yeah, yeah. the The only way I could see it going Del Rio's way is if Batista gets angry and they want to show his. Uh, his brutal side, and he just gets disqualified and wears out a steel chair or something. Yeah. All right. Well, where do you think they're going to put this on the card, I guess, is actually something I was interested in, considering how much they're already placing on Batista. And the fact that, you know, you got to wonder, Batista probably already had the Royal Rumble win in his contract, and we certainly need to be concerned that he has a WWE Championship win at WrestleMania in his contract. Right. But in between, you know, is he guaranteed a Elimination Chamber main event? <laughs> no, 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 no. Even if he's not in the chamber. No, and I, I don't even think... How many TVs would turn off if, if that match came after the chamber? Oh, yeah. It, w- it would be kind of like in MMA sometimes. What they do is they put the big match on fourth out of fifth. Yeah. Just just to make sure that the, the pay-per-view doesn't end. <laughs> they don't run out of time. Yeah. Right. Because then you know if you if you miss the uh, the joke match or whatever. But uh, no, I I certainly don't think this will go fifth out of sixth. I think I think you're looking at third or fourth on the card on this one. Yeah. All right. So the fourth match on our card here is the current tag team champions, the New Age Outlaws, against the Usos. I say Us, you say O. Oh. Loose. Oh. Uh, you know, the Usos have been pretty exciting really since SummerSlam or so. I think they fought the Shield on a pre-show somewhere around then. And, uh, you know, it was, it was borderline the best match on the card aside from, uh, I think, Dana Bryan Cena. I, I think it was SummerSlam. Uh, and, but they've never really had much of a tag shot since. Uh, they floated around. Having, still having good matches, and now they're really finally getting up there. Um, and, you know, we've I think we are assuming the New Age Outlaws are carrying the belts in order to hand them off to somebody. Uh, is this the time they hand them off, or is this just a filler until we get to Mania? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily a filler. I could see this being step one in a, step, in a two-step process where 
they want to hand over the belts to the Usos at WrestleMania. So they're taking a team who wasn't necessarily considered the number one contenders a couple weeks ago. They kind of eased them into the spot to be a contender. Now they have to prove that they don't just have the shot, but they deserve the shot. They'll do something where New Age Outlaws can continue to be the tag team champions of the world until WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, and I got to imagine that that WWE, partially why they gave the New Age Outlaws the belts, was to have some star power leading into WrestleMania for whatever the tag title match ends up being. Yeah, and I, I think that was a good move on their part. I mean, I know a lot of people are really down on it because... They're saying, oh, look at Triple H abusing his power or whatever. But it does add some gravitas to whoever beats them. You yeah. know, it, it says, you just you didn't just beat a team that held the belts for a while. You beat a six-time tag team championship team. Six-time, 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 six-time tag team champions. Did you say that seven times or six? It was six. Oh, because you're supposed Play to Play back the tape. You're, you're supposed to say it seven times if you're... Uh, if you're if you're mocking Booker T, right? Booker T used to say five times, count. six times. Yeah. All right. So uh, you're thinking New Age Outlaws retain, and then the Usos get a follow up at Mania. Yes. So I'm gonna go. Can I just say the Uso? Can I just say go with retain instead retain. of saying who wins? Uh. Okay. All right. Because. I don't know whether the Outlaws are going to pull a crazy victory or whether they're going to get counted out. Oh, come on. It doesn't really matter how. If they still have the belt, they won. Okay. I don't buy this. Oh, the Usos win via disqualification. That ain't a win. That's a loss, baby. Okay. So, are you saying that the Usos are going to take the belts or not take the belts? No, I I think New Age Outlaws keep it. So you're and going I'm s- not even going to go with retain. I'm going to go with they keep it. So, so you're going with samesies. Samesies. Yeah. Word life. Word. All right. Another title match on the card. How about that? We got two secondary titles announced well over a week before the pay-per-view and on the card with a little chance to build. Uh, yeah. Big E against the number yeah. one contender, Jack Swagger. Yeah, and I really like how they got Jack Swagger into the number one contender spot. They didn't just let him say, I want that, and then they give it to him. They made him fight for it. Sure. Oh, and you know, I saw, I don't know if you saw it, but somebody had the nice tidbit, uh, little factoid nugget, the did you know that the WWE can steal now, that Zeb Coulter is the first manager to have a client in the IC title match and the WWE title match on one pay-per-view. You know, I would have thought that somewhere along the way Jim Cornette would have done that, but I guess he didn't, or Bobby yeah. Heenan. Yeah, that's everybody was kind of throwing those names out, or Jimmy Hart, but nobody did. Yeah, You know, I, I seriously, I would have put my money on Bobby Heenan because he had Mr. Perfect, and he had Ric Flair, and at one point he had uh, Andre the Giant, so... And this is another return to old school, you know, having Zeb Coulter as a manager. I mean, there hasn't... When was the last time a manager was actually worthwhile other than, like, Paul Heyman? You know, and that used to be all over the place, getting guys like Jack Swagger to have an important match. 
Jack Swagger wouldn't be able to do that on his own because you know he's got the personality of a bar of soap. Right. That's you know, cool. and, and he's really helped out Cesaro too. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I don't know that that Jack Swagger um, absolutely needed it. I mean, he doesn't have much of a personality, but he can at least talk on the mic. Oh. You put him in a tag team with somebody who can talk, like that Jack list. Swagger. Yeah, well, yeah, but Jack Swagger teaming with like the Miz, that could work. Jack Swagger and Big Show, that could work. Jack Swagger and the Miz sounds like ninety percent of the IWC's worst nightmare. Yeah, well, we could just change the channel or put it on mute or turn away. But Cesaro really needed it. Yeah, although I do think he he can talk, but yeah, it, especially after they saddled him with the yodeling, uh, there needed to be a little more uh, seriousness to his character. And uh, Zeb Coulter has has been pretty much gold since he since he jumped on the scene here. All right, so. <clears throat> Big E is another guy that we expect might get a mega push at some point, although momentum on him has slowed down a little bit. Do you see him retaining? Or, and I'll go ahead and, and make my prediction first since you've gone first on all the others. Or our new number one contender getting his uh, victory. And I'm, I'm going to stick with Big E retaining. I think this is another case of Big E is the right guy to carry that belt into Mania. Um. So yeah, I just don't see a title change taking hands with with Jack Swagger in particular. I mean, if there was a stronger opponent, I'd, I'd give pause. But right now, it doesn't seem that way. The only thing to me would be the idea that perhaps Jack Swagger could win the belt and then lose it to somebody else, or lose it back to Big E at Mania. They don't necessarily do that all that often, but it would make Big E a two-time two-time Intercontinental Champion. So... Although, what about the idea of Swagger uh, having to have the rematch, or Big E getting his rematch the next night on Raw? That could be, like, one of their high-profile matches for a high-profile Raw. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point, which is why I will go with Jack Swagger. Yeah. Swagger. Are you going to change yours? No, no. Okay. I'm, I'm making it mostly on the idea that I think Big E will carry to Mania, and you're, you're kind of thinking the same thing, but, but just that there will be a switch in between. Yeah, I, th I think at Mania, Big E will walk out with the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. All right. So I have so far picked four faces, or technical. Well, no, I guess New Age Outlaws aren't faces anymore, are they? Not really. Yeah, okay. Well, now we've got the match everybody's been waiting for. Really cool build-up. Uh, you know, some good angles. I, I'm assuming maybe they did something on SmackDown. Unfortunately, I haven't seen it. But the Wyatts, the Wyatt family, against the Shield, who are now apparently led by Roman Reigns. You know, it seems like they're led by Roman Reigns, but... I don't know that Dean Ambrose agrees with that. Well, you know what I noticed? You know when they have those little graphics? Yeah. And they'll show the teams that are facing each other, and they just show the, you know, their, their shots? Yeah. It was always Dean Ambrose in the middle. And now lately, Roman Reigns is in the middle of that shot. Yep. 
So. I think part of the reason why they would have done that in the past is because Dean Ambrose was the one taking the singles run. Yeah. And the other two were the tag, so you kind of want to... Well, he he really led all the, the promos, you know, when they would do their backstage, like, handheld camera crap. You yeah. Know, Rollins and, and Reigns would just say a word or two, believe in the shield. Yeah. But... So, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was a subtle difference where they changed up the graphic like that. Yeah. And they've absolutely started uh, hyping up Roman Reigns more and obviously giving him a bigger push. Um, so, yep. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not surprised. Are you excited about match. this match? Say again? Are you excited about this match? Oh, yeah, definitely excited about it. Is this your top dog on the card, or are you a little more into the chamber match? Mm, a little more into the chamber match just because uh, I'm really interested to see who's going to face Batista. Um yeah. Some thoughts. Some th- some thoughts that uh, Lesnar might show up and find his way into the chamber. Sure. Uh, well, uh, or the or the Wyatts could mess with Cena again, like they did at Rumble. Although I wonder if that got scrapped as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I I wonder what they're gonna do with this because, you know, obviously the build up's been been pretty solid. Um, They've had some interactions, they had some standoffs, uh, got some punches in at the end of Raw, and you know they're two extremely strong heel factions, the strongest we've seen in a while. But what do you what do you do as far as the match itself at a pay per view to make it as compelling as it appears on paper? You know, tough to say because you're in a situation where. A lot of people like both of the teams. Both of the teams have their separate fans as well. And they really both have a lot of momentum. So how do you book the match so that neither team loses too much momentum and the fans get something enjoyable? Yeah, and they haven't... I don't think they've announced it as a uh, like Survivor style, right? Right. As far as I understand, it's which would still... make a lot of sense. I mean, I, I think this a three on three. I don't know. I think I'd rather see a Survivor style, but because it just it opens itself up to too much of a cluster if it's just straight three on three the whole time. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people were hoping that it was going to be contested inside the Elimination Chamber mm-hmm. past. Pay-per-views, um, you know, in this brand, the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view brand, um, have had two Elimination Chamber matches, and this three-on-three, you have six guys, you could easily do it, but it presents some challenges, and I guess they decided not to go that route. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and do my prediction first again. Um I'm leaning toward the Wyatts on this. And that's because I think the Shield are already strong enough. I don't think they need a win. I do think uh, they're dangerously close to the breakup. I don't know that we're going to see some sort of meltdown at this match. I mean, I guess it would make sense. But I don't know, for whatever reason, that's not... It doesn't seem totally likely to me. I think maybe that's more going to happen like on Raw at some point. Um, but yeah, I think the Wyatts 
could use the victory a little more. I mean, they're already looking strong as well, but um, you know, I don't think it would take anything away from the Shield to lose this one, and uh, in fact, could really help out you know their future storylines. So, right, I'm gonna go the same direction. I'm also gonna go with the Wyatt's winning this match, mm-hmm. but I think some of that stuff that we've seen over the past couple weeks where Dean Ambrose tagged himself in and got the win after Roman Reigns had already essentially eliminated the opponent. Yep. And then Roman Reigns essentially eliminates the opponent and tags in Dean Ambrose. I think that sort of gamesmanship is going to cost the Shield in this match. I think they're going to do something like that, and it's going to cost them. And that I don't know that they're going to get into a shoving match or a yelling match or anything like that, anything um, to the next level uh, on the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. I mean, we've certainly seen that happen a couple times where Seth Rollins has had to come in and let cooler heads prevail. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see something else like that, and I think that'll spill into the ginormous raw that is Monday night, the 24th. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Um, I hope that raw is ginormous. And I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking we see Dean Ambrose in the Sister Abigail in this one. Yeah, I could absolutely see that—a situation where something that Roman Reigns did leads to Dean Ambrose getting pinned. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be Reigns getting pinned. No, no. So. I mean, no. and Rollins never really finds himself in a compromising position. Right, and uh, and it wouldn't necessarily make sense for Rollins to be the one that gets pinned unless you're going to find a situation where Dean Ambrose is fucking around and, and he's not looking out for Seth Rollins, and then that's what Roman Reigns has to yell about. But yeah. that doesn't really fit well with Seth Rollins staying heel. So. Well... We're in lockstep on a lot of the pay-per-views so far. Only two disagreements. Uh, the the uh, Titus O'Neil, the, the primetime players' blood feud, I should say, and then the, uh, the IC Championship. So our final match on the card is the Chamber, where they uh, conveniently kind of turned Christian heels, so we have a bounce of heels and faces um, with his blindside attack on Daniel Bryan on Monday. So you got Randy Orton defending against the previous champion, Cena, against the returning former champion, Sheamus, against a two-time, five-second champion, Daniel Bryan, against a no-time champion, Christian, and a up-and-coming Cesaro. Interesting uh, mix of guys. They all kind of have a different story. Except for Cena and Orton, I guess. Right. And and just to correct you, Christian did have a title reign. Not a WWE title. Are you saying it was the heavyweight championship? That's what I'm saying. Are you denigrating that title reign just because it was the big belt? Yes, I am. Okay, fair enough. Um, and you know, I just uh, it's 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 a secondary belt. Uh, to a lot of people, yeah, I guess. I guess, but when you've seen some of the people hold that belt and what it's meant, like I have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I I weep at how they book that championship, but I still see it as being a, a top championship. But that's okay. Yeah. 
I just, you know, it's hard for there to be two top of anything. You know, we're inclined in this culture to figure out who's number one. All right. So, so uh, we got the chamber. Um, pretty much everybody has chamber experience, I guess, except for Cesaro. Uh, first of all, I guess one way to look at this is do we see any surprises? You know, I mean, are we going to see, like, Cesaro eliminate three guys or Seamus, like, turn on Brian somehow? I mean, uh, what kind of twist can they throw into this match to give it more of a story? I don't know. Um, I, I tend Brian to think injured before the match. I don't know. There, there's certainly a thought in my mind that Brock Lesnar could always find his way into this match hmm. and find his way to win this match. By, like... Going all Nancy Kerry and Tanya Harding on Christian backstage. Yes, and on a side note, I saw Nancy Kerrigan this week on the Olympics coverage, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know how long ago it was that she was involved with this stuff with Tanya Harding. Twenty she's years. A- See, she's aged pretty well. Oh, better than Harding, that's for sure. Oh, I I don't even want to see what Tanya Harding is is up to. Um, well, she was doing celebrity boxing, remember? Yeah, yeah, and right. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if she uh, looks like she's been a few rounds. Sidetracked, sidetracked. Get yeah. back to Lesnar. Yeah, so I would ha- you would have to see Lesnar attack somebody who probably wouldn't care to fight him at WrestleMania. Like it's it's not like it's not like he could attack Randy Orton and then. You know, Randy Orton wouldn't want a shot at him at WrestleMania. Yeah, and I think the point is 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 well taken because we haven't really heard a peep from Lesnar. And are we going to have, I mean, are we really going to have absolutely no sign of him during this pay-per-view? You know, if he made it this far and they haven't used up one of his contractual appearances, we probably won't. Just because well, no, 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 I think... He, I don't think he's necessarily the appearances so much as the matches. I think he's only going to actually, well, yeah. And so then you're, so you're insinuating he might actually wrestle in the chamber, which would wipe out because then he's going to wrestle at Mania as well. That would wipe out three pay-per-views already. I wonder if his contract is different this time, but it's only been three pay-per-views the last two years. Right. So you kind of have to wonder about that. And the only way that I would see them doing that would be if he's going to win the chamber. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of iffy. I don't. I don't think he would show up to the elimination chamber to attack John Cena just to get a match with Cena. And that would pretty much be the only person I would see him doing that against, because nobody maybe, else makes sense. Maybe Batista. Gonna... I don't know. Yeah. He wanted to get a piece of Batista for taking his spot as number one contender. Yeah, well that that could that could certainly work. Although, why wouldn't he just want a shot in the chamber, right? I mean, I I don't understand why he didn't show up. Yeah. And throw a fit about not being in the chamber. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense because that's yeah. The, the chamber is the one time where you get five dudes that get a shot at the title. And yeah. You tell me he's not in the top five. 
Yeah, it's it's like it's like Christian being in this uh, in this elimination chamber and still wearing that one more match shirt. It's like, <laughs> oh, you want one more match to get the championship? Oh, now you've got it. So uh, now your shirt makes no sense at all. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess the big question is, do they <laughs> are they gonna just do the incredibly boring and obvious outcome of Randy Orton retaining, and we have like him and Batista looking at each other to end this pay per view. God, I hope not. <laughs> Pointing I to the really WrestleMania hope. sign. I, I think, I think, for me, the way I have to approach this, as the, the entire arena throws their soda and beer bottles at the ring. Yeah, I mean, what kind of main event does that end up being? I mean, it looks good for Triple H that those are the two guys that he had in his uh, you know, legacy stable all those years ago that, oh, you know, hey, these guys that I said were going to be on top are now on top, and look at this. Yeah, I, mean, I, right. yeah. I was right. To... Right. So, yeah. so, you know, where are you leaning on this? This one's really tough. Really tough. It feels like Triple H is ready to say that Randy Orton is no longer the face of WWE. It feels like he's ready to go that direction with Batista. And I think the way that they end up reviving hope in WrestleMania is Daniel Bryan wins the Elimination Chamber. All right. So that's your prediction, huh? I'm going way out on a limb on this one. Way out. On I think limb. it's kind of out on a limb. Um, you know, because then you're talking about Daniel Bryan being <laughs> the face of the WWE uh, because you got six weeks or five weeks until WrestleMania where all the promotion they got to do, the guy with the belt is Daniel Bryan. Yeah, so but that, have... is, that is going out on a limb because I don't know if they want to do that. Well, they have a lot of other things to promote over the next six weeks. Um you can absolutely promote Hogan being the host. Uh, if Undertaker shows up, that'll be a huge part of the show. Uh, you can have some tag title stuff. You're going to have stuff with the Shield. You're going to have whatever the Wyatts are involved with. You have whatever John Cena's involved with. You're going to have whatever Lesnar's involved with. So you might end up in a situation where Daniel Bryan versus Batista for the World Championship is not even the the last match yeah. on WrestleMania 30. Sure, but I, I I still think that five week period between now and Mania is is critical, uh, and I just don't know if Brian's gonna be wearing the strap. So I'm not picking Brian to win. I do think he'll factor in heavily in the match. Um, I'm actually thinking really a theory that had been thrown out there. You know, weeks ago, is I'm not breaking any news that I think uh, he'll get screwed somehow, and uh, that's going to lead to him in, in Triple H. And but I think there's a still the potential he ends up in the main event because of this whole shtick of having him wrestle twice. Um, that we might get a WrestleMania nine or ten or whatever that was, ten situation yeah. where he fights Triple H for a shot to get a triple threat at the main event. So, you know, I, I don't know 
maybe it's too fantastical. Maybe that's too many ifs and buts. Uh, but I really think it fits. It fits in the storyline um, of Daniel Bryan just being held back at every angle, um, and I just I can't see them stopping that now. Um, and the wrestle two times would make for the ultimate kind of underdog triumph story at Mania if if they so choose to pull that off. So I'm gonna stick with Orton retaining. Uh. I, I probably really I, my second most likely to win this match. I think is John Cena, but yeah, I probably went a little too much with my heart instead of my head on this one. Yeah, I I couldn't bring myself to say that Randy Orton was probably going to retain. I've not enjoyed Randy Orton keeping a belt as long as he's had it. I've not enjoyed how they've done it. I hope to God the Triple H turns his back on Randy Orton and I'm hoping it happens now. Right. Because then we get a somewhat compelling WrestleMania match. See, and this all begs the question is how, you know, how does Daniel Ryan get screwed in a chamber? Or how does Triple H turn his back on Orton in a chamber? Like, how can there be interference? How do they pull that kind of thing off? Well, there's got to be a door where the people who are eliminated leave through. So... Someone comes in, someone interferes. It could happen. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking you might get a big boot from Sheamus to Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And he was uh, told by Triple H to do it or something like that. We come to find out it was it was his mission. Yeah, but isn't it isn't it every man for himself anyway? So. Yeah, but it'll be a situation. I, you know, they can they can craft a situation where you're not expecting Sheamus to do it. They're about to team up on Orton, or 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 Sheamus was already eliminated and just hasn't left the ring yet because the refs knocked out. Or uh, it, you know, I don't know. Or, they can or always maybe. figure out a way to tell the story to where he gets a shot in on Brian and it it screws him. Maybe, and I've never seen this happen before. Maybe something happens where, you know those pods that those guys are in are only supposed to open when the countdown timer hits and they're randomly selected to, to be able to leave. Yeah. This could be a perfect opportunity for Triple H or someone to conveniently have Sheamus's pod open and Sheamus to run in and stop Daniel Bryan from getting a pinfall. Or you could have a situation where Sheamus could just randomly run over and and kick through the pod when Daniel Bryan hasn't even entered the match yet. What about this idea? Daniel Bryan's in a pod, and it never opens. There you go. And he's in, he's stuck in there the whole match. Yeah, and and whether it's that idea or the one that I mentioned about you know having the pod kicked through, you know people. Part of the backlash on the Royal Rumble was that Daniel Bryan didn't even get a chance to enter the Rumble. Yeah. How pissed off are people at the end of Elimination Chamber if Daniel Bryan didn't even get to enter the Chamber match because his pod didn't open or he got kicked through the head? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, There's and that, and that's, you know, they're going to have to be creative on that if they want to screw him. Uh, you know, unless we see a Lesnar, you know, unless they want to do it as in a way where Lesnar takes out Brian before the match. Um, and then the first match Brian has to go through to get to his 
title at Mania is Lesnar instead of Triple H. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I do feel like a screwing's in store for him. Admittedly, it's hard to figure out how they can do it and have it not be extremely unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you could always have Triple H come out with the sledgehammer, hand it into the cage to Sheamus, and suddenly yeah. Sheamus has a, a sledgehammer and he only uses it on Daniel Bryan. Right. Or or maybe just Randy Orton would do it. doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be Sheamus. Uh, you think, uh, you know, one last thing on this match before we wrap it up and move on to our final topic. Um, you think uh, Cesaro's going to get a chance to showcase himself, probably pin a guy or two? You know, I, I certainly think he could pin Christian. He could pin Sheamus. He could pin Daniel Bryan in a prone position. You know, if someone had already taken out Daniel Bryan and he just kind of mopped up. But I, I don't see him pinning Orton, and I don't see him pinning Cena. Yeah. Um, I could see him getting two eliminations. I don't know about a third. I'm thinking he might pin Cena uh, as a way to get them to into a match at Mania. Oof. They had a fantastic main event the other night. Or I don't even know if it was a main event, but it was it was a fantastic match nonetheless. Yeah, I'm just not that sure. That could be a way to have Cena have a have a good match at Mania without being in the title picture. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I see all the all the people on Reddit and on Facebook, different groups there, mentioning, you know, Cesaro and how how over he is and whatever. Do you I don't buy into the hype of him being a potential winner of this match. Do you see him having no, any no, no, chance? No, no, no. I don't see him having a snowball's chance in hell of winning. Well, I'm just talking about, it, you know, it's the Roman Reigns at Survivor Series situation where, you know, you eliminate a couple of guys. Or or yeah. Roman Reigns at, at the Rumble. You know, he didn't win the Rumble, but he was the most impressive in the match. Yeah, but this is, this is kind of the doormat to WrestleMania. I mean, yeah. the road to the WrestleMania and the Elimination Chamber, that's the final... It's the final stop before you're at WrestleMania. But, I mean, what about... I mean, can't you see John Cena uh, and Zeb Coulter trading barbs in uh, in promos for, for Mania? You know, like, let's finally stamp out all this hate, rise above the hate of uh, the real Americans. I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there that, you know, because no, there's, there's a lot of stuff we've got to figure out uh, for all these guys, I mean, Cena, Sheamus, Brian, and Cesaro, if we assume Morton retains, all four of those guys have to have some storyline within the next week or two. I know, but l- l- let me just say this. I'm I'm probably almost as big of a fan of Cesaro as a lot of the people that are predicting he's going to walk out of Elimination Chamber with the belt. I know that's not what you're predicting. I don't really know. I mean... I'm surprised that, I, that you've seen anybody predict that. I mean, I go there, I don't really see that. I think they think he's going to be strong, but not that he's going to win. Right. I, I now, just, maybe some people are throwing that out there. I, I feel like I'm just being realistic that he's not going to be in a huge match at WrestleMania. I don't see him fighting Daniel Bryan. I don't see him fighting John Cena. I don't see him fighting Undertaker. I don't see him fighting Randy Orton unless Randy Orton is totally out of the title picture. I just, I think it would be a nice thing to see. But just being realistic, he's not going to be there this year. That's fine. It's just something I threw out there. I just, you know, 
I think there's usually a story within a story that's not the end result has nothing to do with the end result of the match that usually comes out of something like this. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, Santino almost had a shot to win. You know, there's always something you walk away from the chamber match thinking, oh, you know, this X was interesting, even though that guy didn't win. Yeah, and, uh, and, I think, and he seems like the obvious choice to be that, you know, if not for, if not something like Seamus turning heel or, or who knows. I mean, there's got to be something other than just the end result of the match. You know, there's got to be like a secondary storyline that develops out of it. Yeah, and I, I totally get what you're saying, and I, I'm not really trying to speak to, uh, you know, debunk anything you're saying. I'm, I'm just going more against some of the unrealistic stuff that I've heard out of people on, well, there's different forums. Well, they're mouth breathers in their, in their uh, mom's basement. All right, so <laughs> let's talk. Let's let's wrap this up. Um, coming up on an hour, and uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the idea that there might be a new era beginning on Monday. There's a lot of uh, things in motion already. I mean, we've got Hulk Hogan has been announced as the host of WrestleMania 30, which I think is the right choice. I don't think anybody really wanted to see him in a match. Uh, but he is, you know, really Mr. WrestleMania, despite what anybody else calls themselves. He's the reason right. WrestleMania got as big as it did, partially. He's the uh, grandfather of WrestleMania, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he was, he pretty much headlined, what, nine in a row? There were a lot of them. And, sure. uh, you know, the network's going to start at 9 a.m., bright and early on Monday. Uh, everybody's excited about that. Hopefully it doesn't completely crash. Um,. The Mania card, currently, all we know is Batista versus X, and nothing else is on the card. And we got NXT Arrival coming on Thursday, scheduled to compete directly with TNA. We've got The Undertaker uh, expected to possibly return. That would be kind of the, the timing that we would expect for him. Uh, and then we're probably going to have another Hall of Fame inductee that you speculated last week could be Sting. Yep. So there's a lot of stuff that could happen on Monday. Oh yeah, absolutely, and uh, I, I think I think not the least of it is all the fallout from Elimination Chamber, and yeah, I mean this is this is going to be it's already the start of a new era because a lot of people have been watching a lot of wrestling on the network even leading up to Raw. You've got a situation where some people are going to be watching Raw on the network. You're going to have a situation where right after Raw, people are going to get on the network and tune in. Well, they're not showing Raw live on the network. I, I don't know. That that contradicts something I heard today. Is no, that, uh, they still have the television agreements for the live shows. They're only going to show a pre-show and an after show. Okay. And then it'll be posted on demand as soon as it ends on cable. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's that's consistent with what I heard. I guess they were just kind of misleading. Yeah. Um, I mean, which, nonetheless, which, the pre-show which, is a big deal because this is going to be the first pre-show for Raw, and it's that's how it's going to be going forward. They're going to have a pre-show just like the NFL on Sundays. Yep, it's going to be like Talking Heads. Is that what you're expecting? I think that's what they're doing. Maybe they'll have like an interview or two with Renee Young. You know. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear much about it. I mean, you know, typically when they they do a Raw taping. They have uh, a couple of matches that occur like an hour beforehand. Yeah. And it's usually for one of those unnamed shows that I almost never get to see and they're... Superstars. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, the, the big question, as we said, is does a new era begin Monday, or do we see more of the same despite all the excitement? Um, you know, I, I'd like to be, be the optimist normally uh, and say that that they're getting better. You know, I think there's a reason someone like me and I've seen others online say that they came back in the last few years after being gone for a while. I think it's because they've been doing some things a little better. Um, they managed to keep us... I mean, we haven't ran away yet, uh, but there's always potential we could run away if they botch all this excitement that's that's coming ahead. And I think they're not going to botch it, but obviously you got to be a little concerned given the track record. Yeah, and I, I think something you mentioned to me earlier today um, speaks to the fact that they probably won't botch it is that they're releasing the network on all those different platforms. They didn't just pick one platform. They didn't say, okay... We're going to roll it out to Android customers first, and then iPhone will be next. Yeah. You know, They didn't just go with Xbox. They didn't just go with PS3. Yeah. I think they're confident in what they have going. You know, they, they, they are confident that it's going to work. They're confident that they know what they're doing. They're confident that they're not going to drop the ball. I mean, don't you get that sense? Yeah, I think they're going all in. Um, because I think a lot of times on uh, something like this, and I think one of the examples I gave you was NFL Mobile. They do was kind of a slow rollout. You know, they try to work out the kinks through one provider. Uh, NFL Mobile, you can only get with Verizon, and it's been that way for years. I think before right. them, it was Sprint. Um, you know, and so I think a lot of times these these companies like exclusivity agreements, and they want to, you know, it, you know, build up value that way, and then you know, it's also more manageable because they have fewer users. Mm -hmm. But the WWE is saying, F it, we're going to be on every computer, every tablet, every phone on any carrier, any game system, uh, the Roku boxes, Apple TV boxes. So, yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, they're, they're not messing around. They signed up with the same uh, streaming provider that Major League Baseball uses, which is arguably the, the largest online streaming service. I mean, they have 15 games every day for six months. Right. Uh, so those those people know how to stream. Uh, so yeah, it's a pretty big deal. It's going to be twenty four seven. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and I think it could be the start of a new era. That's going to enable them to really showcase some things um, and actually have people tune into it. Because right now, despite all their availability on YouTube and things like that, people are only watching the cable shows. Um, but people watch Netflix, and they'll watch uh, the WWE Network. So it's available in the same way, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Obviously, the, the network is a big deal. Obviously, it opens up tons of new doors. It lets you look at the wrestling industry and the content that has been created over the past you know, 30 years. It lets you look at it in a totally different way. It gives you totally new access. So in that respect, it is a new era that begins Monday. Um, but that's not the only that's not the only thing on the list that you talked about happening all on Monday. So aside from the network, what about those other things excites you the most? Um, I think the Mania card. You know, I'm really curious where they're going with this. I don't think we've I don't think we typically have this this little of an idea of, of what Mania is going to look like. And in particular, I mean, this is WrestleMania 30. This is a pretty big deal. Um, right. And really, yeah, over the last few years, we already had the main event announced between John Cena and The Rock. 
Yep. Um, so that's really what excites me. I'm really hoping that enough happens during Elimination Chamber to kind of get all of our hairs raised, you know, and 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 kind of debating, you know, where they're going to take guys based on what just happened. So that's that's the most exciting thing to me. And then, you know, a close second is is NXT. I think uh, I think that's been a hidden gem for a long time, and you know, more and more people are finally going to be able to discover it, and then there'll be a lot more excitement with that. And uh, I'm sure we would end up making it a part of our show if we start watching it. Yeah, and and that's something I'm I'm really disappointed in myself about. I should be watching NXT. I always wanted to watch NXT. I have a weird fascination with the full sale setup that they have going on down there uh, for reasons I won't get into. I wanted to watch NXT. I know that there's access to watch it. I know that in the past there are ways that I didn't try to utilize. Well, you know, they they haven't made it that easy. Right. It really isn't. Like, Hulu is a terrible interface. I, I can't blame anyone that doesn't want to bother with Hulu. Yeah, and I tried, and I decided not to. I mean, they force commercials upon you constantly. It's almost worse than TV. Right. So I got really excited when I see the preview of the WWE Network, and you see that one of the one of the areas that you can select is NXT because I'm going to watch as much NXT as I can between Monday and Thursday. Yeah, hopefully they'll have the last like 10 episodes at least or something where you could really get caught up on everything. Yeah, I, I would I would venture to, to guess that if they have the past 20 episodes, I'll get through all of those before I watch The Arrival. Excellent. The Arrival pay-per-view because I want to know these guys. I I keep hearing great things about Sami Zayn, and I want to get into watching him because I know he, we'll just say he was trained by El Generico, and and from what I've heard, you know, I, I don't know that there's an official connection there, but I was a huge fan of El Generico and Ring of Honor, which is weird because he didn't really talk a lot. It's just something about his matches and his gimmick and. I don't know all of that. I was just I was into it, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's one of many. I mean, there's uh, Tyler Breeze is a guy that I think people are really going to get into. Um, he kind of has like a bit of a Dolph Ziggler look, but he plays like a Shawn Michaels kind of into himself type of character, maybe with a little like Rick Martel mixed in there. Uh, so he's really entertaining, good actor. Um, the Ascension is their tag title holders. Um, they're a pretty solid team. They don't really talk at all, so that might that might hold them back. But uh, I think in particular those guys and Sami Zayn, as you mentioned. Uh, there's a handful of others. Paige, the the uh, the female champion, she's great. How about Bo uh, Dallas? Man, <laughs> Bo Dallas. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't know what to think about. Can't measure that up guy. to his brother. I'll tell you that much. See, I, I don't know what to think about Bo Dallas because. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was in the Royal Rumble last year, yeah. And he he didn't really carry on much after that. He was at a house show that I attended in he Fairfax. Was, he tried to have a feud with Wade Barrett, and it fell right. flat. Yep. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people talk about him. Is that is it? Are they sarcastically? They're yeah. They're okay. I mean, I think uh, I think he's a he's a decent worker, but in general, um, 
there's a lot of Bodalish shtick flying around. Like you're a bow lever. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's their champion right now, right? Uh, I think so. I mean, since everything's taped late, I don't even know. Right. If he's lost it, but. So I think what we need to do is a week from now, we're gonna have to look at what happened at at uh, next T arrival. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to do a special episode of this show just to talk about the guys that we saw, the guys that we've seen on the episodes of NXT, and what we think about all that. Yep. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, it's going to be exciting. So, uh, yeah, this time next week, we'll record a new show. We'll have, hopefully, oodles and oodles to talk about. Um, we'll see if either of us could possibly be over 500 in our predictions, <laughs> which has only happened like once or twice. And by the way, I think either next week or the week after will be our one-year anniversary show. Wow. Talk you about think- a new era. You think maybe we can uh, do something special for at least one of our seven listeners? Yeah, we could find something to, to blow their mind, I'm sure. Yeah. Our listeners that aren't even enough to field a professional football team offense. but Or, or perhaps we even do a giveaway of some sort. Ah, indeed. How about giveaway. we uh, make you give away one of your Brian Danielson t-shirts? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think... Um, I think there are rules about giving away things that might um, be biohazards. How about so, you give away that traitorous Canadian flag that you have hanging up somewhere? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think we can do that. It's, it's too sacred. Yeah, it's, all right. Sacrilege. But I, I think, I think there could be some sort of compilation DVD of some sort that might be. Uh, Giving away something that that could be unique, something that the content could be found on the network, but possibly not. Hmm. So let's see. I don't know. I, I have to uh, rack my brain for some of that. But I think I think on the one year anniversary show, it it, it would it would uh, need something like that. Yeah, we'll give away a prize. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. Uh, everybody, tune in to uh, Elimination Chamber on Sunday. Uh, Coming to a illegal streaming site near you, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Sounds good. All Look right, see to you. It.